Hi, everyone, and welcome to Focus Forward, an executive function podcast where we explore the challenges and celebrate the wins you'll experience as you change your life by working on improving your executive function skills. I'm your host, Hannah Choi. Well, listeners, this episode is a celebration for me because we've officially been on the air for over one year now. I'd like to thank you all for listening. It really means the world to me and my podcast team. I'd like to thank them today, too, for helping me bring executive function skill knowledge and information to as many people as possible. I am not kidding when I say this podcast would absolutely not be possible without them. I'd like to thank Sean Potts, our producer and editor, Justice Abbott, our content designer, Jackie Hebert, our director of marketing, Mimi Fernandez, our director of customer success, and the rest of the Beyond Booksmart team, including Michael Dalman and Rachel Krompinger, who never fail to support us and our work. Something that's really important to me is helping people recognize that there are going to be areas of executive functioning that come easily to you and other areas that probably always have been and may always will be challenging for you. And this is okay. As we've been exploring over the last year, there are tools and strategies that can help immensely in those challenging areas. Someone asked about this on our Beyond Booksmart Facebook page. The person who posted the question wanted to know how teachers can support their own executive function skill challenges while also managing a classroom full of kids whose EF skills are all still emerging and in various states of effectiveness. As soon as I read this question, I knew it was an important topic to cover on Focus Forward, and I knew exactly who I had to reach out to. If you've listened to episode 15, where I interviewed Michael Delman, the founder and CEO of Beyond Booksmart, you will have heard us talk about the exciting development of our school division, which was created out of a desire to democratize access to the critical executive function skills education our one-on-one coaches provide. This school division has grown into what we now call Brain Tracks and is led by director Susan Lohman. I invited Susan and one of her school training specialists, Allison Larthy, on the podcast to talk about exactly what the Facebook commenter brought up, how to support executive function skill development in the classroom for both kids and their teachers. So listen to learn about the role executive function skills play in the classroom, tools that teachers can use to find more time and energy for learning, and how Braintracks is working diligently to create access to life-changing executive function skill development for all kids, their teachers, and their families. Hi, Susan and Allison. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Hannah. Would you uh, introduce yourself so our listeners know who you are? Susan, do you want to start? Sure. So I am Susan Lohman. I'm the Director of School Programming, um, Brain Tracks, our school division. And I am a former teacher and instructional coach. So I worked in middle schools and high schools. I worked in traditional brick and mortar schools. And I also spent a lot of time in online education for K through 12. Um, My firsthand experience in the classroom allows me to say the struggle is real for teachers. Teaching is a really hard job, a very hard job. As an instructional coach, I visited hundreds of classrooms 
and saw similar experiences with teachers and students. Um, and then through the work of my work as a um, coach at Beyond Booksmart, I realized that there was actually a different and a better way for students and teachers. So the work that I was doing with my clients, I started using those tools and strategies with my own students when I was teaching. And then when I was a instructional coach, using it with teachers. So um, I realized the success before even heading up brain tracks. Cool. That's great. Yeah. And how about you, Allison? So I'm Allison Larthy. And I have been working for Beyond Booksmart since 2019. And um, I'm an executive function coach, and I'm also a school training specialist. And my background is elementary education. I had one of those uh, New Jersey unicorn degrees where I could teach anything in the classroom from uh, you know preschool up through eighth grade. And I also am a certified school counselor. So I you know, really love bringing all that information together. And that's one of the things that I love about when I learned about Beyond Booksmart was how we kind of marry those two things of, you know, calming the nerves. I work with a lot of clients with anxiety. And so we, you know, we practice with all of those skills and how that impacts their education. It's just so much fun to see the progress, the growth. And, um, you know, so, yeah, I spent a lot of time in elementary education and I was incorporating these skills before I knew what they were and like kind of had that name to go along with it. So when I you know, was able to kind of put that name to it, I'm like, this is so much more impactful and to really target. This is why that worked all those years ago. Um, so it's really fun to see the impact that it has on teachers and on our clients. And it's, it's just so much fun to do this work, really. That's great. I know. I love it. I mean, I don't, I don't work um, in a classroom and I don't work with teachers, but I, I can just relate exactly with what you're talking about. It's seeing the impact of the, of your effort is just, there's nothing better. Yeah. So the reason I asked you guys to join me today is because someone um, had commented on the Beyond Booksmart Facebook page about um, uh, wondering about what teachers who have executive function challenges can do to support themselves in the classroom. And, um, and it just really got me thinking about how, like on the podcast, I always talk about how, you know, like as adults, we have executive function challenges, whether you have ADHD or not, everyone has an area of executive function that is challenging to them. Um, and so in a classroom, you're managing, you know, however many different personalities, some of whom have more or less, you know, executive function challenges themselves, plus you're managing yourself. And so I thought, who could be some experts that could help me <laughs> dive into this topic? And um, so I just knew I had to come to you. So thank you so much. Um, so I want to ask you a lot about brain tracks because I love the idea of it. I love the idea of... Um, of teaching as many people as we can about executive function skills. I mean, that's why I'm doing the podcast. Um, but can we first talk about why do executive function skills matter in the classroom? Executive function skills are really what allow the students to learn. So it allows them to self-regulate enough to be in the mindset to be able to absorb and manipulate the knowledge that the teacher's sharing. If they're not able to self-regulate and um, focus, pay attention, initiate tasks, all these things, 
they really can't um, access the knowledge that comes through the teacher's instruction. So EF skills allow students really to manage themselves and their lives in school, but also out of school. Um, if they're not able to prioritize tasks, organize belongings in their time to start tasks, to finish tasks, they're not able to perform at their best. Um, and so ultimately, the, the EF skills and supporting them is sort of the ticket to them being able to learn and to maximize their potential. It allows them to be more independent leaders of themselves in their job of being a student, um, but also of themselves outside of school. Uh, students who are receiving executive function skills support through tools and strategies, their parents often see these same changes at home. Those routines, those habits that they're developing transfer over out of school too. And I imagine that when the kids feel like they have some autonomy and some power over their um, executive function skills, it gives space to the teachers to be able to teach and be able to access their executive function skills more easily. Yeah, I would definitely say that that's true because whenever we practice these skills, I mean, I know I've, I feel that way as a coach. I feel that way when I work with, with, you know, in the classroom, when I work with teachers, um, you know, to translate it into the class, into their classrooms, whenever we're practicing these skills, the impact is felt not just by the person on the receiving end, but it's also on, on our end. You know, the more I practice with like, you know, circles of control with a client of like letting go the things outside of our control, then I'm practicing that skill at the same time with them. So the same is true for those executive function skills. You know, if we really want our students to be organized in where their paperwork is, as we're bringing awareness to that, and as we're practicing that skill, like then we as the teacher are also going to benefit from that because we're paying attention to it and we're putting into practice at the same mm -hmm. time that we're working on it with the kids. So I really, I love that, that the teacher asked that of, you know, how do I help myself in that as well? Because I really do think that it's great to recognize those strengths and weaknesses that we have as human beings that, you know, we all have those strengths. We all have those weaknesses, just like you said. So when we're practicing those skills and we're just aware of, you know what, this is this is a challenge for me. So maybe I can bring this into the classroom and practice it with my students. And then we're all benefiting from it. And we're removing that stigma of everybody has to be perfect all of the time, which I think we carry sometimes as teachers. And, you know, that's a hard thing to let go of. <laughs> when you think about it logically, also, students during the week, they're at a school or in a classroom, more hours than they're actually home. So mm -hmm. if these, these routines and these habits are occurring at school, they will more easily be able to transfer at home because they're happening for a greater amount of time. Something that you said, Allison, made me think about how, like when I coach and I'm working with a client, sometimes if I share my own struggle and say like, oh, you know, I can totally relate to that. Or like, this is what I'm doing to try to, you know, level the playing field in whatever area I'm struggling with. Um, the look of, of, uh, 
surprise and also relief on my clients' faces. Like, oh, all right. Like she's my coach and she feels that way. Um, so I imagine for it's the same thing for kids in the classroom. And we're modeling that it's okay to keep learning and growing and that even as adults, mm. these things may still be challenging. So what do we do about that? And that's, you know, I think that that's really powerful. And that removes the stigma too for some of our students who are struggling with those areas. If we're patient with ourselves and, you know, it's like that, you know, the expression of you can't pour from an empty cup. So if I'm just pouring, 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 and I'm never filling mine back up, then, then what am I actually pouring out? (laughs) So when our students Mm -hmm. are, you know, like when I, when I have patience with myself, I'm going to have a lot more patience to, you know, help support my students. But if I'm feeling frustrated then that may come across too. That's one of the things we talk about in one of our workshops is those mirror neurons of like when mm-hmm. our students are reflecting back what we're what we're putting out there and then we're reflecting back what they're putting out there. So how do we, mm-hmm. you know, kind of balance all of that? But that like patience and grace with ourselves as the teacher I think is so important for our students as well. Yeah. So how how, in addition to that, how can teachers incorporate executive function tools and skills into the classroom so that they are able to reach kids and focus more on instruction and and help kids have autonomy and 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 ownership of their own work that they're doing? Yeah, that's where we when we're re- working with teachers and schools, we always want to emphasize that we're not trying to add any new, you know, Mm. new stuff. <laughs> there was right. <laughs> there's this one analogy that I heard from a professional development workshop about a million years ago. It was probably like, oh, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, maybe, that somebody explained a constipated curriculum where we just like shove stuff in and we never take anything out. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I like that. so we don't do that. <laughs> we are here to take the practices that teachers are already doing, the things that they want to focus their attention on, whatever that may be, however big or small, you know, um, whether it's, I just want my students to put their names on their papers, or it's, mm. I were, you know, we've got this massive final exam and we need our students to be prepared. No matter how big or small the task is, we're just going to take what they're already doing and helping them to examine it in that executive function light and then adjust the practice to then make it the, you know, who's benefiting from this practice? If I take the, the homework papers home to grade every single night, who benefits from that? Do my students benefit? Do I benefit? And if that's not the case, then what can I do differently to really help them grow their skills? And so that's, you know, that's really what we like to do is, is talk about the tool talk about the strategy and then allow teachers to break it into their own practice and say, you know, oh, I could see myself doing this here. And, you know, so we're not looking for the, you know, piling on massive things. We're looking for, you know, make it efficient. Hannah, sometimes too, that um, just bringing the awareness to uh, a student's behavior or their lack of behavior to a specific executive function skill, a light bulb goes off oh, that's why she does her homework mm-hmm. or forgets to turn it in half the time. I could never understand why someone would do all that work yeah. and then not turn it in. 
connecting the dots between behaviors, executive function skills, and then something that uh, we as educators can do just a little bit differently, tweak and twist it a little bit differently, present something slightly different can have a huge impact. Yeah, because if you don't, if you haven't had the opportunity to learn, you know, an understand, to learn the connection between executive function, executive dysfunction and the related behaviors, then how would you know? Right, right, exactly. And the benefits. So under, yeah. yeah, the benefits of, you know, working on those skills you free up so much time in your day when you're not managing those little things. Like whenever you have that good classroom management and those, you know, those student independent routines, even from as early as kindergarten. I mean, back in the days when I would substitute teach, you knew the teachers that had that really strong routine and it just made everything flow so much easier when you would walk into those classrooms. So then as the teacher, it's easier to have a sick day, to have that day off. And you have that, you know, that benefit is so widespread of, you know, it's not just about, you know, are they prepared for that test? Because of course we want them to be prepared for the test. That's why we're there. But we also really want them to leave with those, those life skills of, you know, will they pick up a book when they have a free, free moment? And, you know, so that classroom management, the student independence, and then the way it, it does free up more time in the classroom. You know, when we aren't having to hear all the arguments over kickball after lunch, and, you know, then we have time to dive into math a lot faster. So, you know, we open up that space for the things that the students want to do, that the teacher wants to do, and it just flows so much, so much nicer when you have that you know, when everybody's feeling good about those practices and feels like they have that independence. Right. And then it takes you, takes back to what we were talking about before. You're able to take better care of yourself when you have that space to breathe and to not be rushing from one to the next and, and trying to shove some behavior management in there and, and, or classroom management in there. And yes, I taught preschool. I know it's not the same as, um, as, uh, as like K through 12, but I remember that I would have really have benefited from a lot of that, from just understanding more about, like, I understood the child development, but not the executive function part. Like I would, I never remember learning about that and how important that really is. Hannah, that's a, that's a really good point of, uh, preschool, um, I was a high school English teacher, but I did sub for a year in a preschool room, which sounds very silly. I really was only qualified because I had my own kids. But um, <laughs> looking at that, I was at that time, um, I was a coach with Beyond Booksmart. And I remember thinking, I'm seeing the emergence of executive function skills yeah. in these little ones, the four-year-olds, and really supporting them that early makes a difference when they're in first grade or third grade or seventh grade. Um, they're starting small and, and starting um, when they are wanting that autonomy over themselves and turning those routines into habits and have great effects, you know, throughout their, their school career. Yeah. Um, we're going to be doing um, uh, an episode on executive function skills 
development in younger kids um, over in the next few weeks. So that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> yep. So it's, it is really important. And, and I think that you're right. When we start early, when those skills are emerging, it really does make a difference in the long run. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so back to classrooms, what are your go-to tools that you would share with any teacher? Because you know, it'll impact them positively. Yeah. Um, I think I'll start Hannah with one, um, that I use myself. I've used it with all of my clients, with my own kids, um, and that is the the five minute goal. And it doesn't necessarily have to be five minute, but it, the the thought is to use a timer to make something more manageable, to allow somebody to start on a task or to keep, complete part of the task, to recognize that wow, I did all that in just five minutes, um, and it can be used in a variety of ways. If somebody is um, struggling to get started on a paper, which is so common, setting the timer for five minutes and saying, just even brainstorm, start in the middle of the paper, start with the thing you know best and just write for five minutes. Um, It can be used that way. It can be used um, if somebody is not wanting to do something and they know they have to do it, saying, okay, we're only going to do it for five minutes and see what we get done with. And then we're gonna leave it and come back to it in an hour or whatever. It sets boundaries around something that seems impossible or something you don't want to do. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also a way too of students who have uh, struggles with paying attention and focusing, five minutes seems so small that it's not intimidating to them. Oh, I can do that for five minutes. It's just five minutes. Yeah. So that's one that I, that I always use, always, even with myself, I use it. (laughs) Me too. Yes. (laughs) I love that tool. It saved me so many times. Oh, absolutely. That's a three-way, three-way agreement on that one. It's like a favorite go-to because you can use it in so many different ways. And I would say one of my favorites too is probably the, the DKDK, the do know, don't know. And this one is so great because it can, again, be adaptable to um, all levels, all, you know, practices, whatever skill it is you're trying to reinforce. And basically you just sort, what do I know? What do I sort of know? And what do I really, really not know? Like I forgot it even existed, kind of don't know. And I love that because you can use it for so many things. You can have, you know, your high school students can keep track of that. They can use their notes and sort them in a chart to say, oh, I totally know this. So I really don't have to spend a lot of time reviewing it. I sort of know this. I might get it right on the test. I might not get it right on the test. So I need a little bit more practice. And then the, I don't even know what this means. I definitely need to talk to my friends or ask my teacher or go to a tutor or you know, read up on this, watch a YouTube video, I need more time. And then you break apart your study methods into more efficient practices of, I can spend time on this, little bit of time here, and then just a real quick review over here. And I love how you can use that even at the youngest grades of, you know, in a preschool room of, does everybody know where the scissors go? After we take out the scissors, 
do we know where they belong? And we introduce it and say like, look, we're going to talk about where the scissors go. So we don't know this yet. Then we explain it and we're now we sort of know it, but can we put it into practice? And then as your students start to build that routine, then they say like, and then you're like, wow, everybody knows where the scissors go. We're all the way over here. We can move on to a new goal now. And just the way that you can break that apart to be, you know, so complex, but also so simple is, is just, a, I love, you know, that kind of a tool. Um, and then I have a great story with a fourth grader who I was coaching, one-on-one coaching. And I found out after months of us working together that he would go into school the next day and tell his teacher the practices that we would talk about during our sessions. Uh. And DK DK was one of their favorites, his and his teachers. <laughs> and I just had to tell awesome. him. I was like, I didn't even know you were talking about this, but you could tell that it mattered That's to so him. Cute. And then he was like, oh, my teacher uses this all the time now. And so it's just great. He was your first, he was your first brain tracks employee. I know. He didn't even know. <laughs> yep. Spreading the word yeah. back then of like, he really did just like take it into the classroom, which was so fun because he got to be the owner of that, of like, look at this. Like yeah. everybody can do this. Yeah. That's so great. I love that. Yeah. I, I think it's also worth mentioning that any of these tools, collectively using them as a class makes them more powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Even the even the, the teachers using them in the moment, mm-hmm. it makes it a um, a community effort rather than something that I'm, I'm giving you, the students, yeah, to do. Right. I had a, when I was an instructional coach, I had a teacher that wrote all the papers alongside with the students. So this was a middle school class and um, she wanted to show them that um, she modeled for them, but she also showed them the writing process by joining mm. them, showing her paper. She joined in just like another student. Um, and I think there's That's some cool. really great value in that with all of these tools, using them collectively together. And it also um, it also makes sure that anyone who likes, okay, so there's going to be some students in the classroom that really, really benefit from it and really, really need it. And then other kids who could probably get by without it. But when you teach it to everybody and it's just, this is just what we do, then everyone gets to benefit it, benefit from it in a way that doesn't feel like isolating yes. for one person yes. or yeah. like, oh, you're different. You're, you have ADHD. So you need this. It's you like, no, need this, this is something tool. that, yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is something that everybody can benefit from. Well, I and that. yeah, I love that too, Hannah. And even on a, on a, another level is teachers in other classrooms or other content areas using the tools as well. Students are mm, able to use yeah. the tool in one classroom and maybe right. go to another and use the same tool in a slightly different way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it brings everything and it just full circle. Be- yeah. And I imagine it just becomes part of the vernacular. We just talk about this. This is just what we do. We all do DKDKs or we yeah. all use five minute goals yeah. when it's consistent. Like, I mean, we know that in coaching, right? When it's, when you're consistent, that's when the magic happens. Yeah. So the consistency across classrooms, I'm sure would make a really huge difference. Well, and Hannah too, um, even outside of the school, uh, in our brain tracks program, we work with families too. Because we do want that language. We want those tools. We want that entire ecosystem that supports the child's learning to be Mm -hmm. consistently using the language, the tools, the approaches, 
And so yeah. we do work with families and um, families are the, the trainings with the families are very well attended because they, they want the knowledge, right? They want to be able yeah, to support their child in school, but also out of school. Mm-hmm. And I bet some of the parents find themselves thinking, oh, this is actually something that would be helpful for me as well. Oh. And then if they use it, they can then model for their kid at home Absolutely. too. So the kids are yeah. getting the reinforcement. Yeah. I love that. Smart goals is one of the tools that we use a lot with families. We encourage them to write them with their children. So everyone's working towards the same goal. It could be something as simple as, you know, reading 30 minutes a day that everyone's doing it, or it could be around um, household things like sorting, doing the laundry, putting it away, but it's goals that the family's collectively working on. So it doesn't, again, feel like um, we're pointing at the student. You need this. It's like, no, we all need this. So the house, the house works systematically, just like the classroom works systematically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then if everybody feels supported, then right. they're more likely to use the tool because they feel yeah. like, oh, I'm not the only one that's doing right. this. Right. Yeah. And we hear that all the time from the parent workshops, from you know, even when teachers are in the workshops, it's like, oh, I could use this with my own kids. And, you know, and then parents are like, I could use this myself. And, you know, that's, <laughs> that's a, a fun thing yeah. is that they really are universal strategies and tools that we're practicing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just as a coach, I have learned so many strategies that I've taught my clients and then that wait a second, <laughs> this is absolutely something that I would benefit from. So yeah, it's it is such a great way to to learn about ourselves and how we can support ourselves mm-hmm. to then be better parents, better teachers, better coaches. So, yeah, oh, I love that. So <clears throat> all this talk about you know about making this universal support it makes me think about. I mean, that's kind of why you guys got into brain tracks, right? Like why why that the idea of brain tracks came out. Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. So um, I'm going to just step back to um, my instructional coaching days. And when I was seeing um, very similar struggles in a variety of classrooms, a variety of ages of classrooms, working with my one-on-one clients, um, in my mind, I was thinking, wow, a school program would be so helpful. And I was thinking, like, how, how could this work in schools, yeah. public, private, online schools? Um, not knowing Michael was thinking the same thing. So, um, you know, coming together, you know, was the evolution of brain tracks. But the the idea was to take the similar support that our one-to-one coaching clients receive and make those accessible and affordable for all students and all schools and all states um, across the U.S. So allowing um, or providing, I should say, Providing those strategies, the tools, the insight, the knowledge, the language, all of that to students through teachers, um, you know, allows us to make a much greater impact than we already are through our coaching program. That's great. Um, I mean, that's a big reason why I wanted to do this podcast was to, you know, be able to teach as many people as I can about executive function skills and, and that 
and getting access to to that does not have to be something that only you know some people get to do and it's right. it's every, everyone in the world would benefit from learning about it and so that, absolutely and when you that. when you live it and you love it and you know that it is so impactful you do yeah. want to share it with everyone it's like you hold this secret sauce that you do want to yeah. share yeah, I'm going to be doing a presentation at our elementary school about executive function skills, and um, <clears throat> and one of the parents, you know, was asking me about it, and and when I told her, well, I just really love it, and I and I want everyone to know what this word executive function means, and and see how they can benefit from learning, and and um, and she was just so excited, and it felt so good to um, to see that the impact, it, it is so important for people to learn about it. When we begin working with teachers, um, part of our first training around the developing brain, you know, basic overview of how EF skills develop, part of it is a, um, it's a, it's a self-assessment they can take. It's private. They have the knowledge, but it allows them to recognize what the executive function skills are and what they look like in life. And they will be able to see where they're really strong and where they might struggle. That way they can look in their classroom. They can look at their students and make a connection through themselves too. Yeah. When you are able to learn about it yourself mm -hmm. and then you can bring that knowledge and understanding to your children or your classroom or whatever. Um, so. When you work with teachers, how do you, like, how, how do, how do teachers see their own executive function skills? Are they confident in areas that they are talking about it? Are they, is it something that they're kind of expected to have these perfect executive function skills because they're teachers? Um, I don't, I honestly, and Allison, you can feel, feel free to chime in. I honestly don't think so because um, part of our work is to normalize it. So mm -hmm. in the education of executive function skills, normalizing that everyone has strengths that they're naturally mm -hmm. really good at. It feels good to be strong in those skills and the ones they struggle at, or maybe they struggle with certain skills in certain parts of their life, but normalizing that and, you know, also being really transparent that we use these tools, right? Mm, yeah, Not only do we use yeah. those with our, our teachers and our clients and our own kids, we use them too. And we use them because right. they know they really work and they really do help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say, I think, you know, I think teachers do carry that burden of having to be the perfect at everything situation of, you know, like mm -hmm. I shouldn't have any weaknesses because I have to be everything for everybody. But right. that's one of the hardest things is whenever I was trying to do things for my students, when I was regulating for them, taking notes for them, making, you know, learning for them, it was harder for me as the teacher because my students weren't benefiting from it. And I was carrying a lot more mm. weight than is, you know, necessary or useful to anybody. So when I did things with my students, 
alongside them, modeling it, you know, supporting them. It was just more authentic and it was mm. beneficial for, for them and for me that I didn't have to carry the weight of being everything for everybody. I could just be me and, and all of the, you know, all the strengths and weaknesses that come with that. And mm-hmm. I think that that's important for teachers to know of that, you know, we don't have to do everything for our students. We don't have to make the study guides for them. We don't have to write the notes for right. them. And we're doing our yeah. students a disservice when we do that. We want to bring our students in and have them take ownership of the practice of why did I write this word and not this word? Why did that, why will that help me remember it later? And what do I really have to study? And how do I break down the material that I've learned? And we can do that even from the youngest age with a, a spelling list of, you know, these are my sight words that I have to, I have to know how to spell these. So am I aware of, that I know how to spell it or that I don't know how to spell it? And if I'm carrying that weight as the teacher, then my students don't take any ownership over that process. So it's good for us to recognize as teachers that we don't have to carry everything on our shoulders all of the time. We can, we can do it with our students and, and that's a a huge benefit to them and to us at the same time. I uh, worked with a teacher and she had the most beautiful relationship with her students. She was teaching uh, sixth grade and it was her first year in the school and she was uh, it, she was doing exactly what Allison just suggested. She said to them, as you know, I'm brand new in your school. You all are the experts on your school. I'm the expert on ELA. She was an ELA teacher. <clears throat> and so I want us to have a partnership. I'm going to ask you for help because I don't know everything about your school. You all know it. You've been here for years. And you can then ask me for help on writing papers and your reading. And, and it was so beautiful because she let that go. She let that, I have to do everything. I have to carry the burden. And she really had built a very trusting, respectful, loving relationship with their students so that they could work together and support each other. It was just so fabulous. I love that. It's so funny because I was, um, and I have a terrible memory, so I had to write a little note okay. down. And what I wrote down was asking for help. And that's what I wanted mm-hmm. to say is is um, the, a gift that we can give our students and our clients and ourselves is learning how to ask for help. And learning about executive function skills, we don't have to do it all on our own. So like, you know, something like brain tracks is a way to support ourselves, our executive function skills and our kids without having to like do all the research ourselves without having to also take that on. Like, okay, I want to learn about executive function skills so that I can really support my kids and make my classroom this really, you know, comfortable place to teach and learn. Um, But you don't also have to do that. You can reach out to the experts and, and I, uh, so it made me think of that. So, um, so speaking of like, what's been the reaction of the teachers in the schools that you've worked with on um, once they're open to the idea of bringing the Brain Tracks team in? It's been really fun. It's great to be in the workshops and, and hearing immediately, this is how I'm going to use this. 
And during one of our parent workshops, uh, a parent said, you know, right away, like, oh, this is what my son was talking about. Because (laughs) we had already done the school workshop with the students. And she was like, that's why he's breathing like this all of a sudden at home. He's like taking these breaths and, and calming himself down. And she's like, that's what he's been doing. So it's really fun to see that transfer you know, immediately there's that like excitement about, you know, oh, I know how I'm going to use this tomorrow. That's really cool. Yeah. And I was going to say too, I think that um, when we begin, begin working with schools, they recognize these skills are for immediate use, but they're also mm. long-term. What, what we're sharing in the knowledge that we're, we're teaching and training extends way beyond a, a student's a, person's life as a student. And um, I, we worked with the school um, with their teachers several times, and now I'm working one-on-one with their uh, instructional coach. And um, she is so excited because the teachers are using the language. They're using the tools. Students are um, becoming more independent and, you know, classroom struggles are slowly dissipating and they are just thrilled that, you know, us presenting this content in a manageable way, in a realistic, a logical way that teachers can use it without a heavy lift of changing really what they're doing, just adjusting it slightly has such great rewards. Um, it just feels really good from being a, a teacher and being in classrooms. It feels so, it feels so great for us to see them making such great strides. That's wonderful. And I just had that conversation with a client of mine who's in college and, and um, she struggles with keeping her, her room clean. And um, so we're going to spend some time working on figuring out a system for that. And I said, you know, what is so cool about this? Like, we're practicing this skill on your your room in your college apartment. But I was like, when you're 80, you're going to be like, nope, I have to, you know, follow this system that I developed, you know, like 60 years ago with that coach called Hannah. And, um, and it, it is, it's, it's, it's a gift for life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And the great, the greatest thing is when you see um, someone we've worked with sharing that gift with someone else, yes. they're teaching yeah. someone else the tools. It's such yeah. a great feeling. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that goes back to, you know, like what we were talking before about how, how can we help as many people as possible? And that is one way we can is by teaching people and hopefully they'll see the deep, deep and generalizable benefits of doing, of doing that, of doing that work and then, and then teaching it to someone else. It's yeah. pretty great. <laughs> Anything else you guys would like to add? Anything you're excited about? I'm excited about our open office hours for the teachers that we work with. And that's oh, cool. where they can follow up with us and ask those questions of like, you know, we did the workshop, they've tried some things out, and then they get to dive in a little bit deeper and say, this is what's working, this is what's not working. How do mm-hmm. I, you know, that's adjust really cool. this? And um, that I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. And are they, when they access those office hours, are they accessing them with um, teachers from other schools as well or just their school? Hannah, that's a great question. Um, we have it set up both ways. If the school prefers to be, just have their own time set aside, 
Um, otherwise, they're general that any teacher can cool. pop in and out or they can pop in and listen and maybe get some information that they they hadn't even um, they hadn't even considered. So something yeah, that's that, really that, cool. Yeah. Something I'm really excited about is our online training modules are um, up and running and ready to go. Um, they are, were really created to accommodate schools, very tight schedules. So mm, the trainings yeah. that we present live on Zoom are also uh, can be taken by teachers on oh, an cool. LMS, on a platform, um, which is so exciting. I'm very excited about that. So they can do it at their own pace. They can do it at their own pace. They can yeah. use it, uh, go back and review. They can use it um, for if they want to take part of the trainings via Zoom with us and they want to take the uh. other part. So it really allows flexibility. The I, I would say the one of the, the challenges with working with schools, it's um, it's not the funding. It's not the the actual executive function training it actually is working it into the calendar, the school calendars. If they're, they're tight um, and that time is allocated about a year out. So um, the online modules give some flexibility with that. And then um, are teachers able to earn continuing education credits yeah. from that as well? Yep, absolutely. So that's another huge win. Yes. That's great. Oh, I love it. And I love the name Brain Tracks. <laughs> Such a great name. Yeah. The idea of like laying down these like yeah. the neural network and the trains yes. going through your brain. Yep. I love that's it. That's how it, I love that's it. how it works, Hannah. It's <laughs> very cool. Love well, it. I was very lucky. I got to I got to talk with um, Michael Delman, our the CEO and founder of um, Beyond Booksmart, back. Um, last year and he told me a little bit about about it and at the time it hadn't been named and so oh, it's yeah. uh it's pretty cool to see it to see yeah. it really come to fruition and to really see that you for you guys to really start to see the benefit of of all the yeah. work yeah, yeah for sure uh, congratulations oh thank thank you hannah yeah. thank you so much yeah mm -hmm. it's so fun to talk about Great. this <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm so glad you guys were able to join me. It's um it's it's uh it's wonderful to hear that more people are getting access to the stuff that we know is life changing. And could you share with our listeners where they can find out more? Absolutely. So they can go to braintracks.com and um, log into our website. All kinds of great information there. Um, there's also information that they can download and take to their school leaders if they want to share our information. Um, if they have specific questions, they can reserve a uh, time on our calendar directly from the website, or they can email us at info at braintracks.com. I love how accessible uh, the website is. It's it's so easy to read and it's, um, it's like really easy on the eyes. <laughs> It's yeah. a great website yeah. and it's yeah. packed full of information. Yeah. And I also love how, um, how open and available you are for anyone to find out more information. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me. It was really great to talk with you guys. Yeah, thanks, Hannah. Thank you so much, Hannah. Our pleasure.
And that is our show for today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about executive function skills for teachers and kids. If you're curious about any of the tools we talked about today, check out the show notes for some more information. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen. Please share this episode with the teachers in your life. I hope they find something in it that makes their teaching experience even more rewarding. You can subscribe to Focus Forward on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can help us out by giving us a five-star rating. Sign up for our newsletter at beyondbooksmart.com slash podcast. We'll let you know when new episodes drop and we'll share information related to the topic. Thanks for listening.